But now, let's bring in hockey analyst with TSN 1260, former NHLer Matt Cassian. How's it going, Matt? It is it's going. I mean, been a been a pretty crazy week both here and uh, and out there in the uh, in the Ontario region for you guys. Man, what uh, what a week of action here from a trade standpoint. Oh my gosh, I know. We begged for it all year long and this trade deadline has not disappointed thus far. It might disappoint James Duffy on Friday when Honestly, he's staying in there. I don't know. Like, like there's Matt, so much you, to unpack. Well, now. you tell me. Like, you still you look at the trade bay boards, and we keep saying like, oh, there's nothing left, and there's nothing left, and then all of a sudden, there's still moves that are happening on on Monday. It was a massive day, and then on Tuesday, you saw a whole bunch of trades. Like, I just get the feeling that we'll still see a whole bunch of movement between now and Friday. What about you? I, I think it's quite possible, and I I think it's exciting that that ha- that happens. I mean, how many years have we had? You know. Dale and, and boring trade deadline days, but um, I mean that arms race, particularly in the East, where they just everyone's been bulking up and, and trying to um, shore up their lineups and add depth and add firepower, and it's just been it's just been awesome. So I I absolutely love it. I do think we could see some more. Um, you know, even looking like at that Jonathan Quick trade today, I'm just kind of like, whoa! Like I don't think. I don't think anybody really saw that happen, but now all of a sudden LA is getting in on it too. So yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting time for sure. And as you were both just talking about, um, I think everyone out here in the West is just kind of hoping because it's wide open out here that the East just beats each other to a pulp and in time for the Stanley Cup final. Well, how motivating should that be for the teams out last? Like, obviously, we saw Edmonton finally make a deal. They bring in Matthias Ekholm. Like, what type of impact does that do for Edmonton? What does that kind of catapult them in terms of? Well, I think it helps you. And the, the thing I like about this trade is it helps you for multiple years. You know, this isn't just a one-off, not one and done. You're bringing in a, a veteran D, which really has fit the bill for what you've needed all year long for Edmonton, which is someone to help keep the puck out of your own net. Um, so it helps you this year for the playoffs and beyond, and then, you know, for the next couple of years as well. And, and on top of that, you're getting a guy that maybe can settle down um, Evan Bouchard on the right side, who's really struggled this year. Uh, I think he's really missed having Duncan Keith around just to calm him down from an expectation standpoint and to, to mentor him and to coach him through and Ekholm comes in as a guy that has a history of doing that in Nashville uh, so, so you're getting a just a really really important piece um, now you had to give up uh, a guy in Tyson Berry who has been having quietly a fantastic season here actually really consistent in his own zone for someone that as you would have seen in Toronto, has at times really struggled back there. He's actually been really good. (laughs) He's been really good, um, but she had to give up something to get something. So I think it improves Edmonton's standing here. I mean, it's still still going to be challenging to come out of the West, um, but I think a little bit more wide open that depending on seating and depending on who you run into and and depending on health, really anybody could win it. There's there's no, I would say, one team that just has an absolute stranglehold, although I would kind of lean towards Colorado being that team if they can get and stay healthy. I was listening yeah. to uh, Ryan Rashog talk about this move and the fact that it was Tyson Berry that had to go out the door. I, personally, I don't think I worry about their power play. Like, I think you could throw me out there with, with Connor and Leon <laughs> and I might rip a couple, but are you concerned about the fact that it was Tyson Berry just when it comes to the cohesion in the room? Um, I mean, that... It's it's tough to say exactly how that'll impact. I, I think Ekholm coming in and particularly in that Nashville dressing room, like it's not it's not a group that you're I'm not I'm not overly worried about it. Um now does it impact you? Yes it impacts you. Does it hurt with 
Bro, uh, or sorry, with uh, uh, Barry going out, um, most likely Evan Bouchard stepping in. Well, B- Bouchard has shown when he has been out there on the power play that he has an aptitude. He's got a great shot. Yeah, he does. Um, he moves the puck fairly well. Now, the, the the rap on him is particularly in the defensive zone. You know, he's he's about as passive as you get. Like he, I don't think the guy has an aggressive bone in his body. Um, he just he just doesn't. I mean, he sometimes he just kind of ends up standing there staring at the play watching and develop and being like, oh, wait, I need to actually play defense and do something. Um, but he doesn't have that same issue in the offensive zone. You know, he's got some good offensive instinct, uh, again, has a booming shot. And I think the few times that they have seen him on the power play, I think they're comfortable with him being out there. And, and the, the bottom line for me personally, in, in my opinion, is this. If your power play is a little bit worse, but you get way better defensively five on five, you have you're still going to have a, a absolutely stellar power play, and you short up a part of your team that that has just absolutely crippled you at times this year, which is just keeping the puck out of your own net five on five. So uh, there there may be a little bit of a downgrade on the power play, but at the same time, I I do really feel that that upgrade five on five, taking some of the pressure off Darnell Nurse and that and that top pairing, um, stabilizing you know your young guys on on the right side. Uh, of the of the D pairings, it just to me it just needed to happen way more than an Eric Carlson trade, which is, would be like, well, you're trying to make your power play better because it's like, well, your power play isn't going to get any better. You can afford to have it a little bit worse to just stabilize everything that's happening in your own zone. So I'm curious because you mentioned you know there's some concerns over the way that Evan Bouchard plays plays defense, and we saw what Toronto has done over the course of the last 72 hours in, in bolstering that position and making sure that they get tougher to play against in the defensive end. Is is that maybe still on the shopping list for yep. for the Edmonton Oilers in the next uh, oh, 72 absolutely. hours? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the two things still on the shopping list, you still got a, a potentially like a depth, a depth, a, a bottom six forward, uh, just in case of injury, in case of, um, you know, just things not panning out. Um, you know, that could be something. And then still looking at a depth forward, uh, this time potentially on the right side of the ice, would be something they're looking at. Now, they, they still really, really like Philip Broberg as a, as a young guy, as a young player. Um, uh, but there have been those concerns with Bouchard at times this year where he has just really struggled defensively and you know I think that hope going into the season after playoffs last year because he took a really big step forward there was that you know he was going to kind of be at that level that we saw in the playoffs to start the year and maybe progress a little bit further but it just hasn't happened. He took a step back. So I still think it's on the shopping list. I think with the Ekholm trade happening, the, the pressure is off to make a big move for Ken Holland. Um, and I think they managed to do it in a way that they still have some some draft capital and some, some assets to move. Um, but more with the focus of, okay, we need to not just think about only this year. You know, we want to obviously be a, a, a contender this year, but we want to be a contender next year and the year after. You kind of have a three- to four-year window, let's call it, especially with those contracts from McDavid and Dreisaitl. Um, so they're, they're definitely still looking to add there. I just I don't know if they add before Friday or if it's something that they look to do in the summer. 
with Matt Cassie and hockey analyst with the TSN 1260 out in Edmonton, former NHLer. And uh, Leafs and Oilers tonight, Connor McDavid will be on the ice, obviously tantalizing every single one of the, the Leafs blue liners and, and, you know, Morgan Riley, because we all remember that play, uh, obviously. But <laughs> we play a game here in Toronto on Wednesdays. It's uh, Word Association Wednesday. And so I'm going to make a statement, and then you got to tell me the first word that comes to your mind after this statement, okay? Fair. I like this game. This is a good one. All right. Connor McDavid reached 50 goal plateau this week and is on pace for 67 goals and 154 points. Um, expected. Expected 67 goals? <laughs> I thought you were going to say Expe- expletive. <laughs> no, it, well, it, it, yeah, that that crossed my mind too. But we can't we can't use those right, ones. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> it, it, listen, I had the absolute pleasure of watching him over the last number of years and I still remember the first time and because typically I watch in the press boxes but uh, you know I, I went to watch a game and it was I believe it was his first game against Sidney Crosby and the Penguins when I went with one of my buddies and it was like okay let's let's go sit up close tonight and watch um, and it, I, just seeing him up close and you see it from up high but seeing him up close and going head to head with Sid I I thought to myself this is this may be the best player that has ever played the game. Being perfectly frank, as someone who, you know, I, I spent a lot of time when I was playing in the NHL in the press box watching, <laughs> being healthy scratched, and then when I was actually in the games, I spent a lot of time on the bench watching. So I, I had a first-hand look at a, at a lot of guys, and there is just there is no one that I have ever seen that can do what he is able to do, and that was as a young player, and he has continued to improve and get better and get better, and then you surround him with a couple offensive pieces that can, that can help and that can... Uh, um, um, add to his uh, his threat, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, you know, when he he wasn't putting up over 50 goals, he had at times in his game a um, a little bit of a pass first mentality, which which he acknowledged and had talked about working on and getting into that that shooting first mentality. And as we saw that happen, I just I just. I'm just not surprised anymore by anything amazing that he does. So uh, is it is it absolutely insane to think that, that it's like, okay, well, I kind of expect him to do that? Well, well, maybe, but at the same time, watching how he started the year and how he's been playing, I'm like, well, he's healthy. He's full of energy. He wants to win. He's going to put up a ton of points. And I'm just kind of like, well, yeah, I kind of feel like it's almost expected at this point, which is also just kind of asinine and insane that <laughs> I even am at that point. Yeah, uh, is that the thing that you've noticed of all a most the most this season with the big offensive outbursts from Connor McDavid, the shoot first mentality, or or is he is he dialed in the shot itself? I I think a little bit of both. I think a little bit of both. And I, just as an example of that, there was a game the other day, and he's tried to do it a couple times, um, where where he banked it in off the goalie's back. You know, he's stepping around, he's, he's uh, on his forehand side, basically at the goal line. Um, and he's tried it a couple times, where in that position, I think in the last couple of years, he probably would hesitate to shoot. Um, but he's looking at like, and you could see it, and it's almost like in the play, you can see his you know, the, the switch flip in his brain where he's like, there's a little bit of space here. And instead of looking to the pass, because he, he's looking past, looking past, looking past, sees where the goalie is, and he's like, I'm going to try to bank this off the guy's back. Um, and, it, you know, one of the two times in the last three games, it's worked. And you're just like, okay, well, that, I guess that's what Connor's doing now. Um, uh, so you've seen just a mindset of if there's a shot there, 
I can take it myself. If there's, a, if there's a gap there, I can take that shot and I can make that shot and I can put it where I want to myself versus like, well, I might, you know, try to just set someone else up, um, which is, uh, you know, he also finds guys all the time. Um, um, but, <clears throat> you know, the thing to me that makes it, it better this year is with that shooting mentality is even if his shot, and it's always tough to say, well, has his shot got better? Has it not? I don't, I don't know. But what I do know is, is he, he's just unafraid to be shooting and his ability as, as a passer forces goalies to at times cheat pass a little bit, which creates more space for him to shoot, which when he, he then shoots and then, you know, goalies, if they cheat shot, he's, he's got the passing. He's just, he's so multidimensional in terms of what he can do in the offensive zone, what he can do off the rush that it just, yeah, it, it just, he's just continued to improve and get better and better. Are you concerned at all with the Oilers' goaltending tandem going to the playoffs? We've been speaking very highly of Edmonton, but that's kind yeah. of the, the elephant in the room is, is Jack yep. Campbell and Stu Skinner, you know, is that tandem good enough to, to get them to where they want to go? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a, I think, a challenging question. I mean, the emergence of Stuart Skinner this year has been extremely beneficial for the group. And you, you have seen, you know, the, at times, inconsistencies in, in Jack Campbell's game. And that's something that's been there this year. I mean, he had a horrible start to the season. And he is, he is um, since rebounded, I would say. And then, you know, he was playing really, really well. And then it's tailed off a little bit the last couple starts he's had. Um, I'm not necessarily concerned about him in terms of, thinking he's going to be horrible the rest of the way. Um, but to look at the tandem and say, okay, well, in Stuart Skinner, even though he has played, I would say, very, very well, he's played well enough to win in the playoffs. He's, he's a young guy um, that doesn't have playoff experience, and, and you don't know exactly what you're going to get. So, so there's some questioning there. Um, and then Campbell, it's like, well, which, which version of him are you going to get? Um, so – Again, the reality is, is I don't know, and and I think furthering that question is now bringing in a guy like Atcom, who you know, big body, which is something they were sorely missing. Defensive defenseman, something they were sorely missing. Um, does that help? Because at times, uh, I would say Skinner and Campbell have been left out to dry, where there's been there's been. Um, not necessarily odd man rushes, but odd man plays in front of the net, um, hasn't been helping rebounds in some situations. Um, you know, players have had, I would say, communication issues uh, between the defense and the, and the forwards where, where off rushes, the goalie has been, you know, forced to move side to side more than they should uh, or typically should. So there's just so many variables, I would say, that, that leave me kind of going like, I have no idea. I have no idea what this goaltending duo can do in the playoffs. Um, I'm hoping they can be solid. Is it enough to win a cup? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Is it enough to make a deep run? I, I don't know. With that being said, you had a good run last year with Koskinen and Smith in net. So, you know, if you just get some stable goaltending, and, and those guys, Stuart Skinner, if it's Stuart Skinner, or Campbell, if it's Campbell, manage to smooth it out and to smooth out their performance and, and really not just give up that, that weak goal against. Like, if you just make the saves you're supposed to make, um, you have to hope that the offensive firepower of this team is enough that, you know, the, the goaltending gets you through.
Yeah, we were we were honestly saying the same thing in the first hour about the Leafs. We we used the Colorado example that they won with some kind of questionable goaltending yeah. last year to make us feel better. With Matt Cassian right now out of Edmonton, the Leafs play the Oilers tonight. And while we're talking about Jack Campbell, we might as well do the full Toronto X tour. And Zach Hyman, I'm just scrolling through the NHL scoring. Zach Hyman finds himself 19th in scoring in the NHL. He's he's nearing 30 goals. Like what can you say about Zach Hyman in the season that he's having? Um fantastic. He has been I, I let's look outside of Connor and in Leon. Um he's been the most consistent forward. I mean, you just you know what you're going to get every single night. He goes to the hard areas of the ice. He's disruptive on the forecheck. He's always around the net. Um, you know, one thing that probably doesn't show up in the score sheet uh, or, or in the stats line is that he's had, I think, seven goals disallowed this year um, mm-hmm. due to goalie interference. And some of them were, uh, one or two were, you, you kind of go, yeah, that was, you, you, I understand why they called that and, and the decision that was made with the video review. Um, but a whole bunch of them were those ones where it's just like, I don't know why this is coming back or it could <laughs> completely go other go either way. Um, so the reality is, is he could have, even let's say there's a couple that were outright goalie interference, he could have another five easily on the, on the, on the board um, here too. So he's just, he's just found ways um, to put the puck in around the net and to be around the net. And, and you, even the goals um, that have been disallowed, I mean, what that what tells me and what it should tell you is a lot of those goals are from the, the dirty area around the net where he's getting to. And, and I think when you have Connor and you have Leon who, you know, put a ton of points up on the power play and, um, uh, you know, Leon from his, his one-timer position kind of right by the goal line on, on that right side and, you know, Connor walking off the wall and, and attacking. Um, you need someone in front of the net that's, that's going to find ways to put pucks in off rebounds and to uh, clean up the garbage around there. And Hyman has done a wonderful job of that. So he's just endeared himself deeply to the fans here. Um, I don't think there has been a game this year where I have said after the game, I don't think Zach Hyman had a good game or I think Zach Hyman had a bad game or, or, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't involved in this one. Like he's, he's just found ways night after night to be that consistent guy, that consistent effort. Um, and, and it's showed in consistent performance. Yeah. Like the Leafs have let a lot of guys walk as free agents. He's still the guy that feels like the, the one, one that, that got, got away. away. Like, like yeah. he, he just does. It's so like you mentioned, he's got seven, you know, disallowed goals. Like I was looking it up last night, leads the league with 13 and a half goals under expected, like his expected numbers supposed to be a 40 goal score at this point, based on the quality of, of, of opportunities that he's generating for himself. It's absolutely insane. What Zach Hyman's uh, been able to do since going over to Edmonton. Um, So we got Leafs and, uh, and Oilers tonight and, Toronto's kind of had Edmonton's number of late, uh, Matt, and they've won eight of their last ten meetings against each other. Like, what does, you know, why does Edmonton struggle against this Leaf squad? They can't play defense. Yeah, that's, that's a problem. That, that's been their problem. <laughs> they, they, and even, I will say in some of those games, they've been a little bit, uh, let's call them oddly lower scoring or tighter checking games, mm-hmm. but I think. I think what the challenge for Edmonton has been, as it has been against some of the other highly powered offensive teams in the league, is um, you know they even even in games where as a whole they play tighter. And I'll use that Boston game the other day as an, as an example where they they played a really good game. Now Boston clearly is a, is a very very good team, um, best team in the league. Uh, but it's like they made three mistakes 
in that game, like blatant ones, and all three of those blatant mistakes, the puck ended up in the back of their net. Um, and I, I think even uh, the games they have played against Toronto is, is Toronto has the ability to do that to you as well, where it's like if you, if you do something stupid in your own zone, they have the players to capitalize. And Edmonton has done a five-on-five five in particular, just a poor job of that at times, which is why they made the Ekholm trade, you know, to try to cut down on, on the instances of that happening. So I would say they've just – they've not that they've overall struggled to contain uh, Toronto's offense, but they just – Toronto has an offense that can they can burn you if you give them an inch, and um, Edmonton has been giving lots of teams lots of inches at times five on five, and um, you know hopefully for Edmonton's sake they clean it up tonight. Um, hopefully for our sake both teams just play horrible in the defensive zone and we see a massive offensive shootout because that would be a ton of fun. But um, you know I I would lean <laughs> more towards I I I think both teams will probably knowing what's on the other end of the rink um, probably try to play a pretty tight game. Yeah. Should be a treat tonight. Typically what we see. Uh, Matt, just before we let you go, we'd be remiss if we didn't get your thoughts on everything the Leafs have done in the last 12 days. Six new roster players in the fold, Sandine and Engvall out the door. Uh, How do you evaluate Kyle Dubas' trade deadline so far? Well, it's been active, hasn't it? Um, I mean, and, and in some sense, you, you kind of had to because everyone else was doing it. And, and you know, it's, it's the uh, we're going streaking mindset, like everybody's doing it. So we kind of we have to. Um, I, I, you know what? I, I think I like most of what he's done. I think the you know the Shen the Shen trade um, at the end is kind of a depth move helps you on you know, kind of that some of that stabilization similar to what Edmonton needed in in the defensive side with the veteran guy and um, you know you're going to go up against most likely uh, or almost likely I would say a, a Tampa team in that first round and it's like well I think you brought in some pieces that will that will help you with that so um, you know at the end of the day we're probably going to look back at this and evaluate it based on what happens in the first and second rounds of the play. Playoffs, but um, I I do think he is trying to address what they see as issues, and uh, you know for Toronto, I'm I'm you know I'm happy that they're trying to they're trying to uh, smooth it out isn't the right word, but they're trying to they're trying to balance out the team a little bit, um, and they're they're trying to go a direction to say you know what we need to be a team that isn't just built for regular season success, but is built a little bit more for that playoff style hockey and I, I think I think um, you're going to see that now with that being said Tampa's still really good and it's like well you know that series could go either way and you know the second round whoever that ends up being that could go either way it's just such a I look at that east and I'm just like oh boy like that's just going to be a entertaining first couple of rounds yeah my word association is gauntlet yeah it's an yeah. absolute oh, yeah. gauntlet a, right now yeah. it's crazy great great one yeah <laughs> absolutely Really appreciate you taking the time, uh, Matt. Uh, enjoy the game tonight, and we'll chat again soon. Uh, thanks both, uh, Mike and Julia. Appreciate it. Appreciate you as well. There he goes. Matt Cassian, former NHL or hockey analyst with uh, TSN 1260 out in Edmonton.